Today's episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek. That is our presenting sponsor. That is the easiest way to shop for the best tickets thanks to their revolutionary grading system. I was using SeatGeek this weekend looking for Fenway Park tickets because my son is going back to Boston for his first Fenway Park game. My son loves baseball now. I don't know what the hell happened. Buy and sell tickets in just two taps on your phone. Everything fully guaranteed. Right now, my listeners get $10 off baseball tickets. The first time they use SeatGeek, use promo code BSMLB. Download the SeatGeek app today or go right to SeatGeek.com. Also brought to you by House of Carbs. That is our new food podcast hosted by Joe House. I somehow ended up on the third one too. We had David Chang on. He announced the uh, location of his new LA restaurant that he's opening. And we talked diners with him. And then House talked more diners with Mike Lombardi. Trying to figure out what the hell happened to the diner. Um, it's a podcast for the hungry by the hungry. Check it out. And don't forget to check out Talk to Thrones. We're talking with Mallory Rubin at the end of this podcast because she's the host of Talk to Thrones, our Twitter show that comes on right after Game of Thrones ends. Hashtag Talk to Thrones. Big success this week. We're so happy with it. It's like if Inside the NBA with Barkley was actually four Game of Thrones people coming on right after Game of Thrones. This is it. People love this show. So check it out on Twitter. She's coming up a little bit later. But first, we taped a podcast earlier today from an undisclosed location in California with New Timberwolves guard slash forward Jimmy Butler. That is coming up. Mallory at the end talking about Game of Thrones. But first, Pearl Jam. Here with Jimmy Butler, undisclosed location in California. <laughs> uh, my house in, in California. Undisclosed. Yeah. Undisclosed. Yeah. There you go. Somewhere somewhere in Address. California, though. Yeah. You're here and now you're going to the cold in like two months. Yeah, you're that's okay. from here to Minnesota. Mm, it's, it's a little different, but, uh, you know, home away from home now, uh, I'm, ha- I'm happy with it. So you had a busy summer. I don't even know where to begin because my team played your team in the playoffs, too, which I want to talk about at some point, but... You got traded. My old team, by the way. Your old team. There you go. You got traded. You got traded before the draft. Let's just t- just tell the whole story. What happened? You're away and take it from there. I was away. I was in in Paris. Uh, the night that it happened, we were playing some cards. Me, Melo, Gab, um, D-Wade. I'm not going to talk about the outcome of the game because everybody has a different story, obviously. But What does that mean? I mean, some people say that I won. I would say that I won. The other team may say that I lost. I've, I had to deal with it all the time. I'm just going to say it was, a, it was a great game of spades. Okay. It was. And my agent calls me, and he said, hey, I think you're about to get moved to Minnesota. I said, okay, cool. I'm going to get back to my spades game because, once again, I can't really control that. That's out of yeah. my control. Uh, I try to control what I can control. So you're not on Twitter, you're not checking your replies, nope. you're not on Reddit, not, any of these places? I'm not doing any of that. I'm just um, trying to enjoy life at that point in time, and it just so happened I could enjoy that in a foreign country, that being um, um, Europe and in Paris and all of that stuff with D-Wade and those guys. And then, you know, he calls me. You just got traded to Minnesota. I'm like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm back with Tibbs. Uh, it, it, like right then and there, I was like, hey, you know, we got some really good young guys. I'm back with Tibbs. Let's let's do what I always do. We're going to continue to get better every single summer, and we're going to go about it the same way. Just now I'm wearing different colors. 
All right, so you're with Wade and Carmelo, and who else? Gabrielle Union, Wade. Okay, gotcha. Gat. So what are Wade and Carmelo, they're in the league, they have to be interested in this whole thing, plus you're playing with Wade. So the rumor happens, what are those guys saying? Rumors are, are always rumors. So it's kind of like why I really listen to it. Because my name, it came up, I was going to Boston. Yeah. I was going to Cleveland. I was going to Minnesota. I was going here or going there. Um, so it was kind of like, you know, they would ask me, what do you think? I don't know. I don't really pay attention to it. I hear it because I got enough guys around me that say, did you see what came out today? Well, no, I didn't see what came out. I don't read that. Yeah. Um, I got better things to do with my time than sit there on the internet like y'all do and scroll up oh, and down. Oh, he's attacking y'all on the I mean my guys. I mean my guys. Not you. You're my guy. You are my guy, but... And the, the listener, I think you offended day. the listeners. I think no. you have to apologize to them. No. Now what do they do? No, that's okay. You know, <laughs> to each his own. But uh, so I, when, he, when he asked about the whole rumor situation, D-Wade and, and everybody else, I just said the same thing. I would say, I, I don't know. We'll see when it comes, when it presents itself. And whoever I end up playing for, they're going to get my all just like anybody else would. So D-Wade had a little extra stake in this because this is now a rebuilding team and he's under contract for next season. So yeah. he had to have gone into the mode of, uh-oh, now what do I do? Uh, I mean, D-Wade's a Hall of Famer. I think he's he's going to be Yeah, but he's a competitive fine. dude. Yeah, and he's going to go out there and compete. I mean, I'm not going to say uh, the outcome of his competition, but he's going to go out there and so try he to throw a drink. Win. He didn't knock over, knock nah, over a chair or anything? No, he wasn't drinking. He was drinking water. That's what I mean, like a yeah. cranberry juice? Oh, yeah, cranberry. No, water. He was drinking water. You know, stay hydrated. And then Carmelo's like, can I get traded? <laughs> Am I next? <laughs> uh, I was actually with uh, Melo this morning working out. He's yeah. in a, a good place as well. Training hard is all get out. Um, I don't know. I, I think this summer, I mean, obviously with me and Mel, um, the Olympic thing had strengthened our bond and, you know, our brotherhood. And then we've been together a lot this summer. And um, unfortunately, I get to train with him a little bit, pick his brain, because obviously he had been traded before. He's been through this whole process. It was it was new to me. Yeah. It was shocking at first. But then it settled in. It was like, it's a business. You can't act like you didn't know eventually that this was going to happen. I may not have known that it was going to happen that day. But, I mean, let's be honest. I knew I, knew I wasn't going to be there. So the playoffs end, you have an exit meeting? I have an exit meeting. And what happens in that? Who's in it? Um, well, at that one, it was uh, Pax and Gar. And, you know, you just talk about everybody's opinion on certain things, how you think you played, the, uh, the well-being of the team, what we might need moving forward. Um, so I did that. What did you I tell did them? That. Um, I said we were okay. I said – a lot of things about the future that if I could control it, I would do this, but I can't. So I know at the, the rate that I plan to play and um, I want to win. I want guys around me that, that want to win. They give me an opportunity to, to win a championship because I think that's why everybody plays this game. Um, and I have nothing against anybody on that team, anybody in that organization. But, you know, they were so stuck on – not building around me, but maybe um, building with me, as they would say, or going young, a rebuild. So, you know, it was one or the other. I just wanted to know. Um, was it clear when I left that meeting what we were going to do? No. Um, maybe I was told some things that I probably took as you might be here. Like what? What did they tell you? Uh, 
I mean, I thought I was going to be there. So I'm not going to say word for word what I what they said. But when I lo- when I left there, I did think I was going to be there. Yeah. Um, but like I said, it's a business and it is what it is. Um, my thing is, I mean, hell, Chicago was home for me. You know, hell, the first six years of, of my career, I'm not there anymore. And that's okay. You know, now I got a new home. But can I tell you what I would have said to them? What if you I were you? said to them? Or Ask what Jimmy Butler in the exit interview. Go for it. I would have said, what are we doing, guys? Chicago is the third biggest city in America. We're kind of rebuilding, but we're kind of spending money. We're in no man's land. Like, what's your plan? Which way are you going? Because right now you're you're kind of you have your foot in both both puddles. Are we gonna are we gonna go for this? What's gonna happen? I got two years left. I just I just played on a five hundred team. I want to be on a better team. Mm-hmm. What's your plan? Is that a fair, accurate representation of what you might have said? Yeah, that's that's, that's very fair. Okay, that, that's very fair. Because that would have been the smart thing to say. Yeah, of course. How um, old are you now? How old am I? Twenty-seven. I'll be twenty-eight in September. Yeah, this is this is your peak right now. You're in your yeah. prime. Yeah, mid to and, late twenties. And the the way that you look at it is, I mean, what 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 do you say back? You know, because I don't I don't know if they really knew what they wanted to do until something was presented to them that was like, okay, yeah, we got to take this, we got to go that way. You know, you're you're five hundred. You're not a bad team. You're not a good team. What are you gonna do? So I don't I don't blame them for it. I you mean, feel they, like the NBA right now, but my friend Chris Ryan calls it tanking or titles. <laughs> and if you're not doing one of those two things, what are you? Yeah, I don't know. Irrelevant? Is that the word? I think irrelevant's a good word. Right? Yeah. Um, hell, I think everybody should want to win a championship. And maybe it won't be this year. Maybe it won't be next. But, you know, you got to plan for the future, as people say, even though I don't really do that. Future ain't too promised for nobody. Well, you look at last year's team, though, it's like pretty sure Taj Gibson could have helped in that playoff series. Oh, yeah. They traded him for a bunch of guys who are no longer on the team. That's a good example of, like, no plan, and I'm not really sure what you're doing, but I know Taj Gibson could have played in the playoffs and banked some bodies and gotten some rebounds and made you better defensively. Yeah, but So it's, when that happens, you got to be like, what are we doing? It's hard. It's hard because that's not in my job description, so I yeah. can't tell them what to do. I can give my my output on certain things, but... You know that's not that's not in me to, to do that anymore. But now look, where's Taj now? You know, Taj is with us over in Minnesota. We got is, a reunion, which is phenomenal. Yeah, um, because we know what Taj brings to the table, and he's gonna be uh, great for us over there in Minnesota, and he's gonna be a, a big part to what we're trying to do. So, the Bulls, like, did the players? Did you feel like there was a plan? Did the did the players even think about that stuff? Like, cause you you guys had such a strange season last year, a lot of stuff trickling in the press. Mm-hmm. There were like weird meetings and players only meetings and people griping at each other and Facebook posts and the coach was in trouble the whole year but he never got fired and it just seemed like just watching it from afar, having no opinion on anything, but having gone to a couple Bulls games last year, it seemed like an unhappy team. Is that a fair way to phrase it? Uh, yeah, I mean everybody wants to win, so it's it's so hard. When you're up and down, up and down, up and down. You never know what to expect emotionally or, or physically from anybody. Um, let alone there was supposed tension between some players and some coaches and some players and other players. Um, well, so now, well, hold on, though, because it seemed, 
It seems strange that Rondo wasn't playing more when they had they tried six other point guards. And then Rondo would come in, and then you guys could run the offense the way it was kind of meant to be run, and then then if, it was a steady revolving door point guard again. If I could tell you why or how, I would. But I don't control the substitutions. I don't control anybody's playing time. I can only know what I would want to happen. And, I mean, for the most part, but I don't do that. So it's kind of like, at the same time, my, my opinion is, is heard, but it's at the same time, it probably wasn't. But then you have Dwayne Wade, who's 35, who's a future Hall of Famer, who has two rings, who's rich, who's totally comfortable saying his speaking his mind. Three, way, three rings. One. Oh, he's got three. I forgot about he the 06 one. I'm he sorry, D Wade. My apologies, D Wade. Yeah, I got you, D. I got 06. you. 06. Yeah. The Mavericks fans are mad now because they're still <laughs> mad about 06. Uh, yeah, three rings. Wait, does he have to rein himself in with this whole thing? Because he signed up for a certain, you know, playoffs, mm-hmm. fringe championship kind of run, and then it's not happening. Uh, I mean, that's just the way it happens sometimes. You, you go into things thinking and, and want it it to work the way that you pictured it, the way that you planned it. But it doesn't always work like that. You know, you have um, injuries that come into effect. You have, you know, people's playing time, obviously. Um, The type of offense that we want to run is that the style that fits your players. So a lot of things come into effect that can alter what was in your head before you, you know, came into this. Right. Um, I think that's a – that describes – our season as a as a whole, our but then it, then all of a sudden you had two games in Boston where the team came together, and I'm shitting my pants as a Celtic fan. <laughs> I went to the first game, you know that the the situation with Isaiah's family obviously was terrible, mm-hmm. and I think it unquestionably affected him and the team in Game One. But Game Two, it really did feel like the Bulls had come together and something was happening, and then yeah. Rondo gets hurt and it's over. But something was happening, right? I wasn't imagining that. No, I think so. You know, we lost the series, you know, Boston beat us. But uh, those first two games, we were we we're playing extremely well. And, uh, you know, obviously took a hit with Rondo going down. But uh, they, they just outplayed us. You know, you can't – Rondo was a big part of it, but you can't blame it on that. You got to – you know, you got to give them their props. They did what they were supposed to do on both ends of the floor. Um, they were a really good team last year. I think they'll continue to be that this year. Yeah. Um but uh, were you that, surprised that they traded Avery Bradley? Nothing surprises me in this league. Okay, nothing, nothing. It it doesn't. What was he surprised? If I was him, I would be surprised. But nothing surprises me. Zero in this league. Nothing surprises me. I expect the worst to happen all the time because when you look at it as That's a business, sad. no, you look at it as a business. You got to do as what you think is best for your business. Yeah. At that point in time, it's a, you got to do it. You don't have to do it. You don't know, but you should. There's a lot that's going on, and then you just hit the button and be like, yo, let's do it. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Was it a, a good thing to do this upcoming season? I mean, you can say the same thing about me being traded. Um, we will see. Last question about the Bulls stuff. How much, how much of the stuff that trickled out did you think was unfair? On oh, what aspect of it? When you say trickle out, the team get knocking along. Oh. Um, you and Wade versus everybody else. <laughs> there was stuff about you weren't a great teammate that was never really seemed to be substantiated. But it did seem like after you got traded, 
it all um, comes to the light. Yeah, I was like, oh, like uh, you know, everybody always has something to say. As I said uh, time and time again, but it's you know, if if you're winning, it doesn't matter. Nobody cares. It's all swept under the rug. Now, when you're losing, you're mediocre. You're irrelevant. You know, in the middle of the pack. You know, somebody's got to take the blame. Yeah. I'm cool with that. But you're not a guy who's, like, going in the locker room, like, whispering to beat reporters, like, throwing guys under the bus. No. It seems like you just keep to yourself, right? Or I will say it like Or you'll I'm say it right to, to somebody's right face, yeah. Or I'll say it to you. Yeah. As in the media, I will say it to you. Right. Which has got me in trouble multiple times. But if you catch me in the heat of the moment when I'm mad, yeah, uh, that's just me. You what know makes what you mad as a teammate? What makes me mad as a teammate? Losing. I hate to lose. Um, I hate to feel like... And, and this is just me feeling that way. I don't like to, to feel like at any point in time that it's okay to lose in anything. Yeah. That's like, if we're going out and we're going to compete every night, I'm with that. You know, we just lost. We, we could have done things better. But when it's just like, you know, when you're 500 and it's just like you, sometimes you go through the motions, I don't like that. I don't like that because you're not like- putting yourself in a good position. Yeah, it seems like you guys, it cratered, it was over in like late March, early April, and then all of a sudden you started winning again. Right. But when it cratered, it seemed like that was it was going to be an apocalypse. So what flipped? I'm always, I'm always confused by the rhythms of basketball teams. I don't know. The season's always so up and down. Yeah. I can't really tell you what it was or the sequence of events. It, right. was, it happened, and it's just like, okay, oh, yeah, this is how we're supposed to play. Right. Why can't we play like this from the jump, from the beginning of the season? Uh, but we started playing like that at a, a good time, you know, the beginning of the playoffs. Right. And then, um, I don't know, the up and down came back into it, and we ended up losing the series. Quick break to talk about a Blue Apron. Picnics, potlucks, dinner parties, barbecues, good food, essential to a successful summer. That's why we launched a food podcast with Joe House. Now it's easier than ever to create delicious summer meals with Blue Apron for less than $10 per meal. Blue Apron delivers easy-to-follow seasonal rep- recipes along with pre-proportioned ingredients right to your door. No more overspending at restaurants or high-end grocery stores with Blue Apron. Prepare memorable, memorable meals yourself in under 40 minutes. Some of the meals available in July include seared chicken cream and creamy pasta salad with summer squash and sweet peppers creamy shrimp rolls with quick pickles and sweet potato wedges fresh basil fettuccine pasta with sweet corn and cubanelle pepper or chili butter steaks with parmesan potatoes and spinach that sounds really good right now you can get your first three blue apron meals for free with free shipping Man, it, it's just not as fun to do this one without Joe House. This is the best when Joe House grunts and groans during the Blue Apron, but whatever. Uh, go to blueapron.com slash BS. Get your first three Blue Apron meals for free. Free shipping. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. And now back to Jimmy Butler. How much uh, once the season ended, it seems like everybody tampers with everybody now in the NBA because the players <laughs> can just talk to each other. Players just openly recruit each other now. Chris Paul, the Rockets weren't allowed to talk to Chris Paul until July 1st and somehow telepathically knew he wanted to get traded them and they made a trade in June. Hmm. Walk me through the tampering stuff because it's not really tampering with the players. Yeah, you can email any player, right? And be like, hey man, I'd love to play with you. I don't use email. Let's just get that out the way. Or text. Okay, text. might text or phone call somebody. It's not really tampering though. That's Not if it's player versus player or player for player. You know what I'm saying? Like, you build, the, the league's, different nowadays like you 
you build relationships with, with players and, you know, you hang around each other because y'all have so much in common, you know, like y'all, y'all are competitive, you want to be great. You're all rich. I mean, yeah, if you if you want to throw that one in the category, I, I, I hate to break it to you, but big players have have money. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, they have um, that in common. There you go. And uh, so so you you build relationships, guys. So you're checking in on them, and then of course you're you know what's going on in their lives, just like they know what's going on in yours. So you may ask a question: What's going on? Hey man, where are you going? Where are you yeah. going to end up? You know, and majority of the time they're going. I don't know. You know, I got a lot of time to think. Da 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 da. I mean, not so when players hit you me. after the season, hey Jimmy, what's going on, man? Getting traded? Where you going? Uh, I think everybody wanted to know that. Players, fans, um, media, individuals, family. And I'm, just, I don't know. I, I would say the same thing if a player. Would, I don't, I don't know because I don't, I don't control that. Yeah. You know, it's not like I could be like, yeah, I'm getting traded here. I'm a sign, and then I'm gonna just walk over to wherever it may be. No, you know, a lot of different things have to come into effect for that type of stuff to happen. Um, so they, everybody's going to probably give you the I don't know or mind your business. Who are the best recruiters? Um, Who are the best non-tampering recruiter players? Isaiah Thomas has to be up there. I don't know. I don't he know does a little, he does like, like the social media. He does the eyeballs. Yeah, he I'll just puts eyeballs at people. Yeah, the, <laughs> the Instagram pages, <laughs> man. Yeah, but man, <laughs> he's uh, nice with the emojis on the social media yeah. outlets. Yeah, he is. I like that last week, um, or maybe this weekend. Who was it? C.J. McCollum, or was it Lillard? It was McCollum. McCollum. They just put put an Instagram photo of Carmelo in a Blazers uniform. Oh, really? He's like, "Come play with me and Dame." Oh. <laughs> I think he's oh. gonna get in trouble. No, I don't know if you're allowed to do that yeah. in the NBA. Although you I can't? don't even know if they have. Why yeah, not? I don't know if you can openly recruit like that. I think. They're not going to check your phones. How it's is not that like, openly recruiting? He just well, posted a, a photo of Carmelo in a Blazers jersey because he said, "Come play with me and Dame" in the in the text of the photo. I don't think that's allowed. How is this it? be my guess? Uh, I don't know. I don't think nothing's wrong with that. It's actually a perfect place for him. It got me rooting for Carmelo to the Blazers. That, uh, I don't think anything's wrong with that. He he can have an opinion. Yo, yeah. come play. Over here, well, is it? What if he would have said, "Hey, yo, LeBron, Carmelo, CP, James, Russell, everybody, come over here." Well, that's what he. Sh- so that's how he should have gotten out of the tampering. He should have LeBron just named everybody else. Yeah, he should name the, <laughs> the ten best players of the league. Uh, yeah, no, ain't nothing wrong with that. It man. is. What, what year were you drafted? Twenty eleven. Twenty eleven. So that's the biggest thing that's changed this decade is how accessible the players are and. Just all this little subtle stuff. Like, we didn't have that last decade. Yeah, but like, I mean... I feel like you know these guys more than usual. Podcasts are a big part of it, too, you know? Definitely. But I, I think that you do so much more nowadays with other players than they did in the past. Whether it be, yeah. you know, you're going to uh, China with Nike basketball. You're doing the Olympic team. Um, rather you're just... Or the World Championships team. You any know what of I mean? Teams, yeah. you're, you're playing open gym with guys... In Vegas, in Miami, in uh, Los Angeles, uh, whether you just walk across one another at dinner, you know it's it's, it's so different than it was nowadays, and um, than it was back then. I'm sorry, you guys are soft now. No, it's you not, know, it's not just, like it was. You guys are all buddies now. We, we still we still compete though. Don't get it's it wrong. Russ and KD it are the last good feud we're ever gonna have. I think. Nah. And even nah, they get along now. Now they're buddies feuds. again. Oh, there's some feuds. I got some feuds with people. Don't ask who because I'm not gonna tell you. But oh. 
I got some feelings. Can we play 20 questions? Can I guess? <laughs> no, because 20 questions would mean you would be asking me the question. Yeah, and I would try to figure it out. But if you're asking me the question, how would you figure it out? You can't, you're, you can't be guessing. You're asking the questions. I would be the one kind of. Well, you're answering as it. I can figure out anything in 20 questions. I don't know. Because <laughs> I could give the most vague answers ever. What's he look like? Well, you know, so here's the thing. I, I, I have a theory that 99% of NBA feuds start over cards or women are the two biggest reasons. Cards, women, money. Yeah. Or somebody owes and they didn't pay. Yeah. It seems that, like that is usually... That's where a lot of beef does come from, actually. Yeah. That's why it's my theory, because it's true. Yeah. That's, that's a real fact. real smart. Cards. Cards is a problem. Yeah, but... Because you know, there's any, been fights on planes with yeah. cards. And remember Charles Oakley was going collecting punch Tyrone Hill once? I don't know about none of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, No, I don't. Yeah. I'm not going to talk about other people's <laughs> business. No, nah, but you know, you're, that's, that's a valid deal right there you know if we get you a lot of money you probably can be in that whole NBA rich all this stuff that we have I'm ready I'm here I'm ready to go yeah I'm ready to play <laughs> when I was at the uh, at the finals there was a game with uh, your old teammate Rondo and a couple other people playing spades at the hotel bar for money and it got me it got me there's this whole world you, you guys are just lucky it's a great life at the hotel bar though at the hotel bar there's a spades game going on. These two witnessed yeah. it right here. Tommy and Tate. Pierce was there. Pierce, all right, Pierce was there. It was Rondo and Pierce and two others oh. playing spades at the hotel. Can I bar. play 20 questions and figure out who the two <laughs> others was? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but why at the bar? You know, I don't know. Because it was that. It was very. It was that crucial that they just was like, no, we can't bar. go upstairs. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's probably a laid back game. Yeah, I don't know. If What's the biggest right? card game you've been in? And oh. what, 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 what was the actual card game? Um, I've played the game called Blu-ray and then a game called Guts. It uh, gets really dangerous really, really fast. Yeah, I don't, I don't really gamble too much. I'm I've, I've, taken, I've taken my fair share of L's. Yeah. I don't want those problems Good. Because, like, sometimes you just got to be like, I can't win. Yeah. If Tobey Maguire's there, just get up and leave. Yeah. yeah. Like, you it's can't win. Or if but you have like people that. there who's like, yeah, that guy finished eighth in the World Series of Poker, but he's no. here for a friendly game. Like, get up, <laughs> leave. He's there to take your money. Yeah, no, uh, no. I'm. Um, we just play like some friendly dominoes. We we'll play some friendly cards. Dominoes. How many yeah. people for dominoes? You play heads up. You play three. You play four. Um, I'm the best. I tell you that. You're the best at dominoes. Am I? This sounds like it should be a Ringer Online series. I heard that I'm nice. The best. That's what everyone says. What you, Tommy's saying that t- Tommy who's not Mike is saying he's heard that Jimmy's the best at dominoes how do you even get this reputation how does Tommy find out that you're the best everybody so they be like hey Jimmy's alright so who are the other NBA dominoes players I'd be smacking D-Wade in dominoes uh oh I beat all my guys in dominoes I think a, dominoes is a I'll beat Carmelo he wants no problems but I think if you're, if you're down south you play a lot of dominoes. You know, maybe up north you play cards. Yeah. Some dice games, some stuff like that. Um, I don't know, jacks maybe. But down south is dominoes. That's what we do. I wrote a P- – in 2006, I was at the Houston All-Star Game at the Four Seasons having lunch. I wrote a piece about this. MJ oh, was – 06? 06, 2006. Oh, that's the baggy clothes and hole. Oh, yeah. That, and that was Houston. That was, that yeah. was oh, a, man. That was a crazy All-Star weekend. MJ was at the table next to us playing Boo Ray. 
with some of his friends and turned into at the MJ that I grew up reading and I wrote about <laughs> it. He was trash talking, yelling, F bombs. It was the best. And it, it left it left me thinking it was probably frightening to play cards with MJ. It's um I'm if you play cards with, my, with MJ. Not, why? It's a bad idea. It's a terrible idea. Yeah. How are you supposed to win? You can't. Yeah. No. And he'll just start breaking you down. Exactly. Because he doesn't care. I'm not playing with Mike. Did I MJ? Like Mike. He's a, he's a, did he ever reach? Did he feel any Bulls kinship with you at all when you were in the Bulls? You were two guard of the Bulls, so was he nothing? That's tampering. What? Oh, yeah, because he's an owner. That's tampering. But, no, but nothing like, hey, man, I've been watching you. Good luck. I mean, yeah, Keep you can say that. And um, I'm fortunate enough to be with his brand. You see all those sneakers right there. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Uh, and he's a, he's a phenomenal guy. Um, hell of a player. We all know that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's like, hey, you know, good luck this year. Same thing that he would say. Obviously, he wants to win like everybody else does. But MJ's a so that's, that's a good dude. I'm sure everybody knows that. But does your generation? Because like obviously, my generation, I saw every relevant MJ moment that he had. But you're 27. You were six when he retired from the Bulls. Like you're just watching him through highlights and YouTube and word of mouth. Basically, is it? Do you still understand the impact that that dude had? You have to like. Even the if if you can sit there and watch some highlights over and over and over and it doesn't get old to you, you got to know that he impacted the game in a way that they're still talking about it nowadays. Yeah. Like even if it's that long ago and he still has all of these records and nobody has broken or that people are fighting to try and break, you did something special for the for the game of basketball. And then you look at the brand that he's built off the floor, right? And how special that is. That's here, that's overseas, that's everywhere. His brand, his name, his legacy. You want that as a basketball player. I want that as a basketball player. That's something the Wade, LeBron, Carmelo generation on down. Like, you go to like the MJ generation, they're just they're just idolizing basketball players. But it seems like starting with the Wade generation, they're idolizing what the guy did on and off the court. Mm-hmm. And they're measuring themselves against people like Magic and MJ and all these. And now you see like, you know, LeBron's trying to build a giant media company and Carmel's doing all his stuff. It's different nowadays though. You look at the way social media comes into effect, the way that there's phones and the internet at your fingertips at any point in time. That's important. That's a lot of brand building within itself. Yeah, they see you on the the TV, but you know, a lot of these people really want to know is who are you when I don't see you on TV? What are you doing? Yeah. How, let me get a sneak peek at one of your workouts or you hanging around your friends doing what you... Like, they didn't have that back then. If they had that back then in MJ's day, just imagine what could have happened to his brand then or some of the other players that played while he was playing. Their brand could have been so much broader and bigger because it could reach so many people so fast like it does now. Like, or it could have been crazy. worse for MJ's brand. It could have. <laughs> it's going to Atlantic City between playoff games. You never know. That stuff but, would have been bad. No, social media is a problem. I'm not going to sit here and say that it's not. You know, just the fact that... You must be always wary of cell phones everywhere. Anytime you're at a club, people filming you, all that stuff. I don't really go to clubs like that. I'm in, I'm in the house. This is my sanctuary right here. We here. The domino table is in the middle of the floor over there. Like... That's what we do. There's cards on that table just in case. We don't we don't leave the house. We go to the gym in the morning, work out, come back here and, and eat, and um, enjoy some California weather. Have you played in round two of the playoffs yet? Yep. Oh, with uh, what D Rose year was that? 
Oh, 11. You were a rookie. Or the 11, 12 And year. after that. No, my first, my first year, not going to he he got oh, hurt. Oh, that's when he got hurt. You lost to the Sixers. The second year is whenever we, we oh, beat. Oh, the Joakim Noah. Yeah, yeah you beat, beat Brooklyn Milwaukee. game seven. No, so I've been there twice because we beat Milwaukee one time. And then both times we went and we lost to Miami. What was the best team you've been on? No, we lost to Washington. Lost to the Cavs, the year that LeBron hit the buzzer beater. We did. We lost to the we lost to the Cavs, and then we had lost. No, we lost to Washington first. We lost to the Cavs, and then the one time we had lost to Miami, I think. Was, I don't know. That was so long ago. It was something like that. That was a weird, weird decade for the Bulls because I remember thinking at the beginning of the decade that would have probably been Oklahoma City and Chicago would have been the two teams you picked, other mm-hmm. than the t- whatever team LeBron was on as. All right, who's going to own this decade? You would have said the Bulls. You would have said KD, Westbrook, and Harden, and you would have said LeBron. And then that's basketball. Weird shit happens. Rose gets hurt. Yeah. Um, things start to get weird. They kind of blow up the team, but not really. Then they do, and then they don't. They. I never felt like the Bulls. It's weird. They they operated as like a media market team, even though they're in the third biggest market. I never felt like they made like the big financial. Here we go. We're going all in. Splash. Um, OKC definitely didn't. They traded Harden. But then you, you watch it, and then all of a sudden, here come the Warriors. And now that's the team. And nobody could have guessed that in 2011. No. Now you're on this Minnesota team that mm. Towns, that's a real guy. I mean, oh, that, yeah. that, that's somebody play. that could be first team all NBA oh, yeah. in the next three years, one of those years. He can, he can play. He can go. And he works. You know, he's, uh, I'm texting him. Um, call him, checking in on him. What's going on? No, I'm headed to the gym. I'm leaving the gym. That's you know, I like to hear that. Yeah. I, I know that you're you're getting it in. You want to be great. You want to win. You want to win a championship. You want to do what's right for Minnesota for that organization. I'm 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 around with that. I'm around for that. He also got to go to KG graduate school summer camp for a year. <laughs> KG KG just taught him stuff, yelled at him. Sounds Work like ethic stuff. It's great. Yeah, sounds like KG. That's but really lucky, though. I mean, the Philly guys could use somebody like that. Look at you know? look at what KG has done for the game. Look at his career, his legacy. Like you, you learn from somebody like that. How'd you do it? You pick his brain, and you, you know, to the best of your ability, you try to uh, what reinvent that or model it yourself after that. But then try to take it a step further, set that bar a little bit higher to where whenever you reach that. If you're not on the same level as, as KG, maybe you're a little bit better. Maybe mm. you've done a little bit more. Uh, it's hard to do with somebody like KG. I think KG's coming back. I think he's going to be your teammate in I five months. I remember you saying that. I, yeah. I think I he's like know. a – I told you, he's like a boxer. He's going to come back one more time. I'm, that dude's I'm, too competitive. What does I he do all day? Never. He's got to be going crazy. Uh, yeah. He's competing in something, I can tell you that. Yelling, um, getting fired up about something. But uh, I, I'll never say never. Could he still play? Probably so. I think he can. He can get up and down a little bit. Yeah, Yeah. get up and down a little bit. Wiggins, you have the chance to have the biggest impact on, because he's one of those guys. Young comes into the league basically when you're out of college. He's just on bad teams. You start throwing bad. You different coaches start throwing on bad habits, but athletically ridiculously gifted. Yeah, defensively was was below average last year. Like the, all the metrics said that he just wasn't good defensively and that's something that he's got to get better. Now you have him, you, you got Taj Gibson, you got Towns. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of a sudden that's the makings of a decent defensive team. Yeah, I think that it's, it's different. Uh, he has all the tools to be a terrific defender, by the way. 
But it's different whenever somebody's just telling you something all the time and then somebody's showing you. Like, this is what, you know, when you play both sides of the floor can get you. Yeah. Um, he is extremely talented on the offensive end. And I think that he's going to be just that talented on the defensive end as well. As long as you lock into it and, you know, I think he has that will and he wants to be great, so he's going to want to do it. Um, and I'm excited to get with him just because I know how passionate he is about the game and his drive and his work ethic and how he wants to win. Um, when you have that as a young guy, you have it. You know, you can't you can't really teach that. You just have it. And I Don't think take like three million dollars from him in dominoes and like ruin his confidence. No, I, would, so. I wouldn't yeah. do that to him. Don't take money from him. I would tell him, don't play me in dominoes. Don't play like, him in dominoes. Don't set yourself Your up. Life for lesson that. number one: stay away from any dominoes, dominoes game that I'm in. If I'm around, just be like, you know what? I'm gonna lead the table. He's here, and he's not playing. But nah. Um, Do you, you must have defended him a few times the last couple of years, right? Yeah. He's a, he's a tough cover on offense. Yeah. He can, you know, he's athletic, um, gets to the free throw line. He can shoot. Um, a little bit of a heat check guy. You're supposed to be. Yeah. If you make shots, I want you to heat check. Yeah. Um, he, can, he can do that, man. He can do it all on the offensive end. So I'm excited to be able to, you know, go alongside him. Uh, what Carl, about Jeff Teague? Teague, um, you know, I got to play little with his little slashing kick. I got to play with his little brother at one point in time, um, and he can shoot it. He's tremendous in the pick and roll, uh, getting out in the open floor. I'm telling you, we on. We're gonna be You're just optimistic. fine. His little brother was one of the seventy-five point guards you played with in Chicago. I think. <laughs> How many was it? Like six a year. I can't even remember. <laughs> I can't even. Chicago remember. had they had affection for point guards. Yeah. No point guards available. Let's trade for him. Ooh, that guy. Always wanted him. Well, now they have Chris Dunn. We'll see how that goes. He's going to love it over there. Chris Dunn. Do you look at a trade, so they get Chris Dunn, Zach Levine, and the seventh pick. Do you hear a trade like that? Do you feel like, oh, that's enough for me, or, oh, they should have gotten more? Like, do you get competitive (laughs) about it? No. No, 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 no. Because I think there's, there's much more that goes into what you get and what you give up. That's not my job. Like, I don't know the whole, the, all the salary cap and you got to move all the room and da-da-da-da-da. No, I'm good. I don't really care about any of that. I just want to go out there and I just want to hoop, so. But deep down, you hope Markkinen's a stiff because that would be, that'd be more fun, right? No, I want the kid to be, yo, be great. Be great. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Be great. Yeah, just, well, um, he's got pressure. I'll tell you this, he's got pressure on him because he's the guy they traded Jimmy Butler no, for. So he's he coming has, in as a rookie. That kid has zero pressure on and him. And then Dennis Smith and Monk and Mitchell come, they get drafted after him. No. That kid has pressure on him, I'm telling you. No, he don't got no pressure. No, nah, I feel bad. He's in bad spot. Tell the, just... The kid just needs to go out there and play basketball, have fun. Don't worry about nothing. He'll be. He'll be what happens fine. when you go back to Chicago? Oh, I'm gonna try for to, a game. I'm gonna try to go for. I don't know. I'm just try to score like five points in my in my first game back. That's all I need. Is the five. crowd crowd? What's the crowd reaction? I don't know. I mean, you played your ass off for him. Oh, definitely. Um, I think I'll, I think I'll get some love. You're not going to cry when they show the video. No, I'm not. What does everybody thing, right? say? I'm going to cry. I'm not going to cry. Pierce cried. It's, it's like Paul fifty fifty percent of the time no. people cry. No, I'm not crying. You get choked up. It's, probably, it's like your whole life. I'm going to the video look up at the board to tell you. The oh, truth. you'll look up. I'm, I'm going to look up every once in a while. You're going to have to look up. I want to watch my own highlight video. Nobody does that. No, they'll wait. They'll wait till like a second quarter timeout, and then they'll do this little two minute video. I don't know. Maybe. Did, was it acrimonious when you left? Or is First of all, don't use SAT words. Acrimonious. I don't know what the hell that means. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> acrimonious uh, was there bad blood after oh. you left with no. the owners or any of that stuff no Reinsdorf call you yes, yes. what did he say he you know thank, for, uh, thank me and said uh, a lot of great things and said that they picked their direction and I was like I, re- I respect you for for calling me um, he was amazing the ownership was phenomenal when I was there um, except for the part that they wouldn't go over the luxury tax yeah, they could have done that. Send of my business. But as in, like, great people and um, was always doing everything in the community, which means so much to me, mm. uh, they, were, they, were, they were the ones. And they always put everybody in a position to be successful when it came to um, in that community and just being really great people and wanting it to be a family-like atmosphere. The Reinsdorf were phenomenal. What, uh, what are you going to miss the most about Chicago? Give me a top three list. Top three. What restaurant are you gonna miss the most? Man. Well, to tell you the truth, they just opened a katana in in Chicago. Oh. Well, it's opening soon. Okay. So that's gonna be that's gonna be great. I don't know if I'm I'll eat there whenever I go back. Headline, Jimmy Butler's gonna miss the sushi in Chicago. Yeah, katana's legit. Um, what else am I gonna miss? I think all the well, country, all the country concerts do come to uh, Minnesota as well, so I'll get the, you know, I'll get to do that as well. Hmm. I tell you what, I won't miss. I mean, I get to move out a little bit into the burbs to where I don't have to hit all of that traffic. Oh yeah, the traffic. Yeah, my terrible. house is gonna be a nice size out there for a lot less money. Yeah, I'm happy about that. I'm looking forward to it. All the Chicago, but I mean, that's like one of the nicest cities of people. Yeah. Oh yeah, really, really nice people. Really nice. They, I mean, they must be, they come up to you, but friendly, and then they get out. Yeah, you know. Take a couple selfies, maybe. They're really, they're really friendly. But then again, it's normally cold when I'm there, so I'm never really just outside. Right, like true. That. Yeah, so true. I'm, I mean, if somebody walks up to me in my house and tries to take a selfie, <laughs> I think we have a bigger problem than just a selfie. What did Tib say about Minnesota as a city? That it was great. Other than get a heavier jacket. But, you know, you don't actually have to be outside of Minnesota. Like, they got these... Skyways. Yeah, the skyways that go over the whole city. It's like eight miles. So, I'll... I don't know if I'm going to utilize that. I should just have to get in my car, go into the practice facility, go work out, pull back into my garage later on. Are you familiar with the Timberwolves history? Well, it depends on what you're asking. It's one of the least successful franchises. This, this has a chance to be the second best team they've ever had. As a, so if let's just say from a talent standpoint this is probably the second best team in the history of the franchise they've been around I'm going to say since somewhere in the 90s I can't remember what year okay and if let's just say that we do end up winning a, a championship where does that put us in my god if you I mean Minnesota has I'm just won saying a, what if Minnesota hasn't won a championship since the Twins in uh, 91 but all I mean all you'd I'm, be like you'd be like otherworldly for them I'm just saying the what ifs of you know, you got to think the what if. You get to the second round, it would be like the greatest moment in Timberwolves history. I'm, I'm just saying years. the what ifs. That's all I'm saying. You realize they look back at the KG 2004 team as the highlight of the history of the Timberwolves, and they lost the Lakers in five right, in the well, conference finals. Well, then we got it's a, a low bar. bar we to got a lot of work to do, but we can do it if we go in every day, um, playing hard, wanting to get better. We're going to be all right, man. You, you asking me. We're going we're gonna to be just fine. We'll, you we'll have 50 see. games against the West. Okay. Every night, somebody else. That doesn't intimidate me any. I don't think it intimidates fun, anybody. Right? On a, oh, yeah. 
That's what you play the game for, to go up against the best. Even that's, when you play like the you crap playoff teams, it's going to be like, hey, here's the Lakers with Lonzo. Like, that's a fun game. Yeah. Every, like, ga- every team is interesting in its own way. And it's all about who's playing the best basketball at that given night, Who um, the matchups, all of that stuff matters. We're going to be all right. We got some really good players. Um, we got a phenomenal coach who knows how to win. Um, we're going to be all right. Minnesota, the, the T-Wolves, we're going to be just fine. Quick break to talk about our longtime buddies at Simply Safe. Getting a good night's sleep. Easier said than done, especially when you think you just heard a noise downstairs. What do you do? Turn on all the lights, check your kids' beds, or you can do what I do. Just send my wife downstairs to find out what happened. Or rest easy knowing your home and family are protected with Simply Safe when you install your Simply Safe home security system. You arm your home with powerful sensors that actually tell you if a door opens or if one of your windows breaks. 105 decibel siren that alerts you at the first sign of trouble. I was just watching this show on Netflix, this movie. Uh, not, uh, not Netflix, uh, Lifetime. Uh, it was called Sleepless in Suburbia about this housewife who kept sleepwalking and sleptwalked into an affair and it turned into a murder mystery. If she had had Simply Safe, she would have left the house. Her husband would have known because the alarm would have gone off. Anyway, don't spend another night second guessing your home safety. Get Simply Safe, get some rest. No long-term contracts, around-the-clock monitoring, just $14.99 a month. Go to simplysafebs.com. Get a special 10% discount when you order today. Simply Safe with two eyes. Simplysafebs.com for 10% off your order. If only the sleepwalking suburban housewife had gotten Simply Safe. Back to our friend Jimmy Butler. Did you, when Tibbs left Chicago, did you feel like you guys would be reunited? Did you, did you I didn't think, think deep in your heart it was going to happen? I didn't. I, because you were kind of you kind of the same cut from the same cloth, right? Yeah, definitely. But I think the first year out, he didn't he didn't coach anybody for a year. So I'm thinking like, yo, what's going on? Um, but now that we're back together, I'm I'm happy with it. You know, he knows what is going for me every ice. day. Ice. <laughs> Can you do Tim's impersonation? No, I cannot. That's not ice. That's my guy. Uh, and you know you better ice when he's he's doing just that. <laughs> you better ice. Um, How many hours a day do you think he sleeps? Is it over three? No way. No way. Yeah, it might be right at three, but he's just always studying the game in, in ways that he can improve as a coach on the floor with his players. I mean, he obviously the guy wants to win, so he's studying everybody else and. I think he expects you to kind of be the same way, maybe get a little bit more sleep than he gets. But, yeah. you know, you got to study. You got to want to be great at your craft, and you're willing to sacrifice some things to be that. Um, and whenever you do that, and he's seeing you doing it, that's when you get the respect of that man. And, you know, he's not giving you anything. I, I would know. I did not play my first couple of years in the league. Right. But I was always working, um, and eventually I, I got my shot. Do you worry about, it's almost like physically and from a health standpoint, it's almost like too much for him sometimes. Cause mm-hmm. I like Tibbs. I just worry like, especially if you guys went in the playoffs and you went like three rounds. No. I feel like they might have to have a medical staff at Tibbs' house just to make sure he's he's drinking water, yeah. he's eating food, nah, he's moving. Sure, yeah, that he's sleeping a little bit. I think he- Maybe it, a nighttime nurse. I think it, it'll, it'll narrow in even more whenever, you know, we're 
later on in the season in the playoffs. Now he's really locked in, and he's going to come in with 16 cups of coffee and five big-ass notebooks of the other team's plays and our plays and give them to everybody. Uh, I mean, he's, he's always studying the game. It's crazy because I think that's why he is a play, I mean, the person he is, and more importantly, the coach, because the guy just wants all the information all the time so he can spread it out to everybody and let everybody know, yo, this is what we got to stop. This is what we got to do. I mean, hell. Have you says, thought about running the high screen with Towns yet? You must have been thinking about that a little bit. Not right now. I still, I still think I, I go about things in weeks of when I got to start. That's going to be nice. Yeah, it is. He's one of the best pick and pop guys. Yeah. You like that. And he, uh, he be putting people in a basket too. Athletic, can shoot it. Yeah, but I think I got like I got like two, two and a half more weeks to before I can start watching before I start watching um exactly where he likes to get the ball on the floor when it comes to the pick and pop or in the the mid post. Uh right now it's it's more on, you know, you gotta do what you're supposed to do before you yeah. can worry about everybody else. Did you watch the finals? No. You didn't watch the finals? No. How come? Because I wanna be playing in the finals. I know I know what happens. In the finals, because as everybody knows, like Kyrie is a really good friend of mine, um, along with LeBron. You know, KD, Draymond. All no, you like Ky- your team Kyrie. You're not team LeBron. That's fine. I'm team like both of those guys. I think both those guys are phenomenal. <laughs> but players. if you had to choose, you'd pick Kyrie. Uh, uh, I just say I, I like both of those. You're, clo- guys. you're closer uh, in age. I like yeah. both of those guys. It's draft class. Draft yeah, class. draft class. That 2011. Too. Yeah. Yeah, 2011. But I'm gonna just say both of those guys. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. So I know. You know. I, I know what's going on. Everybody's like, "Yo, did you see the game last night? This guy did this. That guy did that. Man, they won by four points. The final score." So I basically watch the game because everybody tells me what happens all the time. But like seriously, like you can ask anybody around the house. Like you don't turn on. You really don't turn on the TV at all in my house because we don't watch TV. Like go do something productive. And if you are gonna turn on TV, do not turn on basketball because I. I do basketball all the time. Yeah, that I don't want to see that all the time. Now I would have thought because you're such a student of the game, I would have thought you would have been watching the finals, looking for trends or like, oh, I wonder what this is going or that or how they stop this, trying to pick up tricks. No, I'll, I'll, I'll watch myself on film, like maybe during the during the finals or in the morning when we wake up. I'll watch my games, my minutes, my shots. Trying to figure out what you were doing right and wrong? You know, I got to try to be better before I could even think about making it. I got to get us to the finals before I can even think about what it takes to get us there. You know, you got to get there first. But, I mean, if you're going to turn on TV, you can always turn on football. Turn on football. Hell, I'll sit down and watch it with you. I will say, I've said this on the pod before, so uh, I apologize for regurgitating my own opinions, but I thought the level of basketball in that finals was about as high as it gets. Because I mean, there's so many good offensive players. Oh, yeah. Kyrie, KD, um, Curry, and LeBron were all like peak of their powers mm-hmm. offensively, just and then killing you just, it. You look at the, the matchups, you know what I mean? Yeah. KD, LeBron, Steph, uh, Kyrie, um, K-Love. Clay. Clay, or Draymond. Like, Draymond. There, there are so many players. The shooters within J.R. Smith and uh, Clay Thompson, you know, big man that rebound and can sprint down the floor. Like it was, they had a lot of really really good matchups, and it's it's hard when everybody's playing 
um, at that high of a level to see somebody, you know, but somebody's got to win, obviously. But that's a it's a great series. It's the team you teams. have offensively, if Wiggins goes up a level, and you have three different guys plus Teague that can create their own shot or do whatever and play at a certain pace and split the, that that team potentially could be really good. Yeah. I think Wiggins is the key to it though, and he's young. He's like I think he's twenty two. Yeah, something but like that. If if he turns into a reliable offensive guy, I mean, he put up stats last year, but you know, you can put up stats on bad teams. It's easy. I um, think it. I think it just gets easier to tell you the truth. To put up stats on good teams. I mean, for the most part, think about yeah. it. Like everybody keys in on you when you're on a quote unquote bad team. Right. I'm not gonna call their team a bad team though. Last year, I. I, I have a, let's so. call it not that successful. It's my organization now. So unsuccessful. We're not say that. <laughs> we're not gonna say that. But uh, yeah, I think it gets easier because you can't key in on one guy. Yeah. So, like, pick your poison. Who you going to double team? All right, well, that guy's going to be open, so you can't double team him. You can't double team everybody on the damn floor. Right. So, I think your, your job gets easier. You get to pick and choose your, your spots a lot more. There's less help when you got some guys that can really go out there with you that can, you know, shoot from the perimeter, create their own shot, get you another easy one. It's not like you got to create for everybody else, and then you got to try to create to get yours at the same time. Uh It'll 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 definitely be easier for him. Towns was unbelievable, like the last 35, 40 games last season. I think he's putting up like twenty seven and thirteen every night, shooting like sixty percent. Do it again, yeah. Please continue bring it to back. Do that. Don't don't change. And I told him, don't you change the way that you play because other people are here. You right. still be you, who you are on both ends of that floor, and. We'll come in and do their best to help this organization win as well. Well, but you know you what's interesting? Slow down. Everyone's talking about how loaded the West is, and it is. But after you get past, like the Warriors are up here, then I think the Rockets are probably second. Like if if you're just betting on who would be the favorites to whatever, the Spurs didn't have a great summer, even though they won a lot of games last year. They lost some guys. They have some health issue guys and stuff like that. The Clippers, Blake's not coming back till December. OKC, Paul George and Westbrook, they haven't played together before. You go down down the line, everybody's got one or two or three things. You're like, well, that's so. I, I don't. The case for you guys being better than maybe people think right away is actually a case that I think could be made. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I don't know what to expect of the West. Like you could tell me you guys are going to finish eleventh. I want to be shocked. You could tell me you guys are going to be the fourth seed. I want to be shocked. It seems Would you like be shocked if we said that we was going to be the one seed. I would be shocked. Okay. All right. I just, that wanted, would I just shock wanted to me. get that out the way. I, just I, w- to, I would think ask. there was like everyone on the Warriors got mononucleosis or something. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank and you. It's like, it's like two months, something like that. Damn. The way, they just won like 220 games in okay. three years. I'm not, look, I'm not disagreeing with you. I just thought that I would ask. I'm not agreeing with you. But I'm not disagreeing with you. I just don't have an opinion. Mine's irrelevant right now. I'll tell you though, you guys don't match up terribly with that team. Right? Yeah. We'll be all right. Towns is an issue. It's an issue for a lot of teams. But, yeah, you could. there's some spacing and some things. Okay. Tibbs, they, Tibbs might freak them out by yelling and screaming at them all the time. Where's Carmelo next year? Um, Carmelo is going to be in the NBA probably. Okay. Yeah. Do you believe he will stay in New York? I do not know. I'm not going to ask him. Okay. I would probably will go to dinner tonight, but I'm still not going to ask him. Have you ever seen anything stranger than the Knicks basically ruining his trade value over the last nine months when he's still a good basketball player? 
I mean, Carmelo's still a good basketball player. He's really. If he's you're playing really the Knicks, you're like, oh, player. shit, I got to play Carmelo tonight. Yeah. I'm going to have to work for two and a half hours. Trust me. I said, yeah, damn. Yeah. Shit, I got to go up with Carmelo tonight. Yeah, like, it's not like, oh, yeah, Carmelo. No, I don't think anybody does that. Right. He's, um, no, he's, he's, he's 33. He's still got, oh. you know. Melo can easily play another four years. Four well, or five. And if he ends up on the right team, he could play another seven years. Right. Easily. I don't know what to think anymore because, like, Federer just won the Wimbledon. He's 36. LeBron, everybody thought he'd be winding down at this point. Stop. Not even close. And it's it just seems like the training and the dieting and all this stuff, it as matters. long as you guys keep your bodies where they need to be, it doesn't really seem like there's a, a time limit for this stuff anymore. It matters. And everything that they're creating and making nowadays to help with that process and everybody can get their hands on it, as long as you use it the right way, I mean, you can play. You can add three, four, five years onto the end of your career easily. Easily, yeah. These guys, like what, uh, Carmelo's 33 now. If he plays till he's 40 with the amount of money that's coming in the league, I mean, mm. he'd be make, he could potentially make more money when he's 38 than he did when he was like 22. I, I think it's crazy what's going on. Any last thoughts? No. Um, I oh, I had to... one more thing to ask you. Uh-oh, let's go. Um, I'm always fascinated by these L.A. games. I think we talked about it a little last time, but who's in charge this year? Who's in charge of the games, the secret games? Is it still Chris Paul? I don't know. I was talking to... Um... Are there more than... Is there, is there a rival secret game now? What's what's the scene? <laughs> Set it, give us the scene. Because all you guys are here. And you're all looking to play. Mm-hmm. So who's in charge? Is there a group text? No, look, that just—it's crazy that you just said that. Okay. Yeah. So is that today? No, it's t- it's tomorrow. Okay. It's tomorrow. So yes, that's uh, we 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 have a little chat that we're in. That is. Can like, I say who that was from? No, you cannot. No, it wasn't Chris Paul, though. It was not. Okay, so there's a new generation. There's a new game. <laughs> I, you know, I don't. I shouldn't have shown you that because we just got through talking about the individual earlier. So you already <laughs> think something. Yeah, no. Uh, it's just, you know, you try to get guys that talk to one another and that you can get all in the gym at one time to play some pickup. That's all. How do you figure out what the teams are? You know, try to, you try to match people up by position accordingly. So you just so who do you get matched up against the most in these games? I haven't played one this summer, but I but mean, like so Carmelo, to, they'd be like, all right, Jimmy, you and Carmelo, yeah. you guys go, you go mm-hmm. here, you go here, something like that. Who yeah, else? Try to even it up. You know, maybe me and and Demar, he's out here. Oh, Demar, I mean, yeah. Demar's gonna be a pain in the ass because any time he drives in, it just he could call a foul, or he could just jump up, foul, and jump Got and this. dunk on anybody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Who you can't the, guard him. Who caused the cheapest fouls, Demar? No, no, nobody. We don't really call fouls. It's, it's like you play through it. But if you if you get fouled, come on, man. Like they're gonna give you the ball. You know that you just fouled them. But like majority of the time, it's it's not no it's not no real foul calls. I feel like playing with Kobe back when he played. Every time he missed, he probably called the foul two seconds later. Uh, you got my elbow. Foul. Got if it. If he missed, stays here. If he missed, if he missed, stays here. He could give you, uh, you know, as we see, 81, 60, right. 57, all of that. Who's the number one stays here guy? 
Nobody does that. This isn't street ball. <laughs> this isn't street ball. Like, if you get fouled, somebody's going to give you the ball. But normally, like, the defense is going to call a foul. Has there ever been no a yelling no. match? No. Anything? No bad blood? Nothing? Oh, yeah, of course. You're competing. Yeah. You're competing. Got like anybody you. had to be separated? No, nah, don't nobody. Come on. Ain't nobody really, really fighting. Just like whenever you see it on a national televised game, it's all getting somebody's face and hold me back. Don't you do that no more? Yeah. And oh, watch those elbows. You, know it, you just get a tech, and then you go your separate ways. Is it spread the floor? Like what's what kind of style is the offense? What's going on? It's, it's, your it's turn, not, my it's turn. Not organized. I know. It's, that's it's why. Like, that's why I'm it's asking. Basketball. But you guys are all like the best at what you do. So what? So what happens? It's just basketball. You know. Sometimes you're. You're moving and cutting. Sometimes there's a pick and roll. There's transition. There's, there's all of this stuff. You, so you Kyrie's just pulling up and shooting. Everybody's getting mad at him. Why not? No. Nobody's <laughs> going to get mad at you for pulling up and shooting. You're, you're one of the best players in the world. You you probably are if you're playing um, on that court with everybody else. Nobody's going to be mad. Could two normal people play in these games? I mean, yeah. Like, to, let's say somebody who played for a year in college... Div three. You could play in the game. No, no not anymore. To, I'm, I'm to watched, be I retired. In that game? You didn't no. see my retirement announcement? I did not. Three years ago, I could have been a stretch four. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm just going to go out on I could have been Zipser. <laughs> I would have been, <laughs> been in the corner with my hand up. Okay. That's or Jonas Jerebko. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay, that, just throwing these guys out here. Like, yeah. yeah that's a, sure, that's, that would have been sure, my role model. Yeah. I would have been like this. I'm open. Don't leave me you gotta open play by role, 22. Man. Be a star in your role. That's it. What number would you wear? You guys don't wear numbers when you play pickup team. How do you know? You're asking all the other questions. Well, I would wear 33, obviously, for the homage for the legend. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. What if I told you that that number is taken? Taken by... What if I just said that number was taken? There's numbers in these pickup games? You don't know what goes on in this I really game. don't. That's yeah. why, God like forbid a, you told like us. A, it's, like a, it's like a secret thing, so you don't know. We, For all you know, we don't wear shoes and socks in these pickup games. There's, You don't know. I don't believe that. You, But you don't Can know. Can people, is the gym closed? Are people just like working out in the track watching? No, yeah, the gym's closed. You can't. Gym's closed. Nobody so they, they hook you guys up. Yeah, we're, we're good to go. How many different locations are there? Um, I, don't, I mean, it's, it's kind of like a text. It's just like, yo, we're going to hoop here at this time, or we're going to hoop there at this time. Has anyone been kicked out of the game where you just stopped inviting them and you didn't know, like, you ghost no. them? No. Metal no. World Peace. Metal World Peace? No. He would probably be more welcome than anybody in there because he would really get it. I'd say I'd up. be afraid to play pickup with Meta. No. That's like he crashes in your back. You have like a herniated disc. <laughs> <laughs> Stay away from him. No, no. Everybody, uh, if you're out there to compete, for the most part, if you get the text, everybody's welcome. I might forward it to you because I like you. Dame. But you can't play with it. Dame Lillard in these games? Or is he like, he's got like a whole Oakland thing going? Uh, not that I know it. Only because I don't know if he's out here. You got to kind of be out here in LA. You know what I mean? We're not going to send you a text in New York and be like, hey, pick up at three. Oh, yeah, let me get there. No, nobody's going to do that. Would you rather be on Chris Paul's team or on the other team? Because um, he does yell. I mean, let's be honest. Both. Both? Yeah. That's a terrible answer. <laughs> well, first of all, stop putting me in that situation. Because <laughs> when I play it's against CP, and I like CP, if yeah. I play against CP and I say, yo, I just want to be on his team. Not everybody, oh, so you don't want to be on my team. Oh, huh? yeah. Oh, I want to play against CP. No, I want to be on CP team. Now CP going to try to hit me with a quadruple double right. whenever we play Houston. You're trying to set me up. I know what you're doing over right. there. That's what you're doing. Trying to Do set you me think up. James Harden and CP can coexist or no? Yeah. 
that's what great basketball players do. They find out a way to to um, put aside all that other stuff to get that common goal of winning the championship. And they're both great players. They both know that. Yeah, they'll they will they will exist just fine. Definitely. I don't know if it would have worked if it was CP four years ago, but I think now that he's a little bit older, he'd probably welcome having somebody else to help him, right? There's a lot Year of things 13. that you don't know, but you have this like way of really getting like pretending I know. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's you, like pretend you knowledge. have it. Like yeah, yeah. it's crazy. So what really goes on in these pickup games? Do y'all wear jersey numbers? No. No, you is brought anybody, up the jersey numbers. Is you anybody welcome? Me. Can I play? Like you have a you have a way. It's very Are there disturbing. big guys in these games? I see. Look at you. That, you're right. I'm asking questions. You can do it with 20 questions. I, yeah, I won't yeah. yeah. You, are there you big it. guys? Like, are, are there, there post-up players? Are there big guys in this league now? Are there, meh, meh. Depends what you say is a big guy. I mean, I've seen DJ shoots threes in the All-State game. Let's just get that out of the way. Yes. DJ. He does. Yes. That's my guy, too. I'll be interested to see... Him and Blake this year without CP, what they bring to the table. I say they just let DJ run the point guard position. Well, what about what if Blake was point forward? What if we DJ have a was point center? DJ is point center. I don't see it. You don't see I it? I just hack a shack him. Yeah. Okay, never mind. But no Blake point as point forward would be interesting. Yeah, he can go. Yeah, that, um, I think he's going to handle the ball a lot. Anyways, he did, he handled the ball plenty even when CP was there. Uh, he's a, he's a tough matchup for a lot of guys, so. Who's your least favorite guy in the Warriors? My least favorite guy on the Warriors? <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm just... Well, it'd probably be anybody who's not a Nike guy. You know, I could so, use that. Yeah, that's no. that's a fair way to go. I'm not going to Are you that. Draymond? No, I'm not Draymond. No, is he is he in these <laughs> oh, LA I games? Oh, I thought you was like, am I Draymond? Like, no, I'm not Draymond. <laughs> is Draymond in these LA games? He he do be out here. Um, I don't know. I'll I'll, I'll report you, back. I will send you an email tomorrow. With you get along with Draymond? Do I get along? Yeah. Because it seems like he talks the most most trash out of anybody. I'm not worried about talking. I'm not worried about that. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. You, know, you talk. Um, you have fun. Um, just go hoop. If you want to talk, go for it. I'm all for it. I can talk too, but I'd rather just go. You know, play a little. Did Marcus bit of Smart talk trash? Yeah, he likes to talk. Yeah. He's from what, Did he talk Flower to you? Mound, Texas? That's yeah. where he's from? Yeah. Yeah, he has some things to say. You know, uh, cool. That's my dude. That's your guy? Yeah, I like Marcus. That's cool. I was worried we were going to trade him this summer. I was upset. Face. Marcus would punch me in the face? No, I should punch you. Why? In the face. I don't know. I just he's on my like, team. Yeah, I know. Well, technically, he's, he's, I mean, he's on the Celtics. You're not on the Celtics. That's your team? It's, I've grown up with the Southern Sounds 4. Yeah. See, mm. this is, I argue with KD about this. You guys, mm. fandom, you don't get. You don't understand it. It's our team. Our jo- it becomes part of the family. I'm, I'm here with you, yes. The Celtic fans do love Marcus Smart, though. Yeah. I mean, I think he, he plays hard. Um, he's talented. Yeah, I mean, hell, you, you're going to embrace the people that play for your team. Was he the one who didn't foul you when they called that bogus call right before the All-Star break when you went to the line and shot those things when nobody touched your elbow, but they sent you to the line anyway? That's weird because if you go back and you look, I shot two free throws. 
after a whistle went off and they said foul on the elbow. That so, was the first time I was like, oh, I didn't realize Jimmy, Jimmy Butler was a superstar. I think it's official because that I, was a superstar call. Because I got fouled? That was a superstar call. Because I got fouled. I, I'm not going to admit. Look at the rotation on the was ball. Was it the air from, from his Look at the hand rotation your elbow on the ball. that fouled you? That was terrible. Come on now. And I hit you should have missed one of I them. I hit at him least. with the hitch, bink, got him off balance, <laughs> and then turned and shot. I'm not going to miss like that. That was terrible. Just saying. I, Look I at actually, the rotation on the ball. I was surprised. There's the picture. Exactly. Oh, Thank you. Because well, his, his like, pinky like <laughs> grazed your elbow. Foul. You should have missed one. The fair thing to do would have been to miss one, the take fair it to the OT. To do. Well, it's a that bad call. You don't want to win out a bad call. That's tampering. You don't want to win a bad call. Oh my god! I thought I thought it was a ball don't lie moment where the ball don't lie guys were gonna make you miss one of the free throws, but then they both went in and the game was over. Yeah, but. happens in the blink of an eye too. <sighs> Tommy, anything else? Did I ask all the Bulls questions you wanted? Yeah, that was, there was a lot in there. Yeah. You got your you got your Bulls. What about Vander question? Can you invite, invite him to play in the pickup game? He's doing so well in summer league. Yeah, it was killing it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where he is. If he's here, why not? He's in Vegas, yeah. Yeah, so he is in Vegas. Yeah. So we'll. Uh, so you weren't we'll watching out. the summer league either. It was like the first exciting man. week of summer league that they've had. Although nobody plays defense, so it mm. tends to favor the uh, the offensively gifted. Yeah, and the people who have the ball all the time, like Lonzo. Yeah. Like Lonzo's put up big stats, but yeah, I'll be interested to see. I mean, you must have played summer league a couple years. I played once. Right? Yeah, yeah, I played one year. Yeah. Second year. Lockout second. was my oh, first year. Yeah. Oh. So my second. I forgot about that. Your rookie year was the lockout. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Now, five years later, teams are Houston Rockets just went for sale. They're going to go for some crazy number. Mm. Back then, the lockout. The, D-Rose. D-Rose stuff. Oh, yeah, D-Rose. Where's D-Rose go? I don't know. I mean, I, I've heard a lot in the media. I could act like I know a lot like you do and say oh he's gonna end up in <laughs> he's gonna end up in Milwaukee because that's what I see on my Instagram timeline all the time but I yeah. don't I really don't know I haven't talked to him and if I was to talk to him I wouldn't talk to him about basketball because he has enough talking about basketball you know he gotta live that every day I think uh, you know you let him handle that and wherever he ends up you wish him the best um, he's still going to be a phenomenal player for whatever you know jersey he puts on. If he doesn't get hurt, I remember D. Rose versus Westbrook when they were both 100% young and healthy was like watching. It was just crazy. Mm-hmm. It was like and watching Superman versus Batman. It was just ridiculous. They were, they were athletically at some crazy point guard. It was just like watching two Rams crash, clashing against each other. Um it still seems like he can go by guys. No, would be can. the case for D Rose. Like he, he can, can still beat guys that's after dribble, game. get to the rim. Definitely, that's his game. Um, he's always gonna go back to that, and he still has it. And he's still one of the top finishers in the league. Like the, yeah, when he gets down there in that paint, he can put all of that spin and English and all of that good stuff. I think he's on a sneaky basketball. signing for somebody. Play, bring him like he runs Who's your second team offense. Him? Go for it. Let us know. You act like I'm all-knowing. I can't even find out who's in your pickup game. <laughs> so who, where do you think he's going? My fear would be the Clippers, which would be bad, I think, for everybody. 
I think Milwaukee is a good idea. I think I actually think that that he would really thrive there potentially. They don't have anybody like him. You know, they have guards that can play off the ball. Pretty much everybody can. They they have kind of a malleable roster, so when he comes in, they could kind of spread out for him and do stuff. I, that would be my preference, and okay. it's near Chicago. There you go. Um, other than that, I would, I would like to see him on a team like uh, I don't know some some team where he could just get the ball and do stuff. And just go. Atlanta. Atlanta would be good. Yeah. Do they? Are they have Schroeder and that's it, right? Yeah. But like. Yeah. I mean, he's only like what is he? Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. Mm-hmm. He's your age, right? You guys think? Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think that's over yet. I just thought that that team was so messed up last year, trying to run the triangle and Carmelo and like none of the pieces fit. Just that never made sense to me. All right, so when do you go to Minnesota? September. September something. See, do you know that the season starts earlier this year, October seventeenth? October seventeenth. My birthday is uh, September fourteenth. I'm always I always go somewhere with my guys, uh, my little team that we have around here for my birthday. I don't know where that's going to be, but after that, then I'll try to get to uh, to Minnesota. Okay. You going to go to a Vikings game? Yep. I actually think I'm going to be at the Vikings game against the Steelers in mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. I think that's their, their home opener, and I always go to that one. I go to the Broncos and the Steelers' home opener. I think they have the Super Bowl this year, right? Yep, they do. Minnesota comeback here. trying to tell T-Wolves. you. Vikes, Super Bowl. I like it. All right, Jimmy Butler. Good luck. I appreciate. I'm sure you. I forgot to ask something. It's okay. Just call me. Dominoes online series coming on the Ringer soon. Whenever you want, I'm ready. I'm Thank ready. you. You know it. All right, we're gonna talk some Game of Thrones with Mallory Rubin coming up. Some some spoilers in here. So if if you uh, have not seen the Game of Thrones episode yet, be careful. But first, I want to talk about Stamps.com. One of our oldest friends. Man, we have some old friends on this podcast today. Convenient, easy, reliable, flexible. My favorite words to describe stamps.com. Why wouldn't you avoid the post office? Why wouldn't you buy and print official U.S. postage with your own computer and printer? Sign up with stamps.com. It's the U.S. Postal Service right at your fingertips. Any letter, any package, any class of mail, and you're in control of it. They'll even send you a digital scale that automatically calculates exact postage and helps you decide the best class of mail I actually get mad whenever I hear people say, yeah, I got to run to the post office. Oh, I just got stuck at the post office. It's insulting. It's 2017. Nobody should go to the post office. Just go to stamps.com. Use my code BS for the special offer of four-week trial plus postage plus a digital scale without any long-term commitments. Go to stamps.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in BS. That is stamps.com, enter BS, sign up today, stamps.com, never go to the post office again. And since we're here, did you know that you could listen to the Bill Simmons podcast and all the other podcasts from our Ringer family on Spotify? Oh yeah. The streaming service you know and love for music is also fully loaded with podcasts. Find us in the podcast section within the browse tab when you're using Spotify on mobile or just by searching for the Bill Simmons podcast. When you're there, click to follow us to have new episodes from us delivered right into your Spotify library. This actually works. I've been listening to podcasts in my car on Spotify lately. It works. It's very easy. Head to spotify.com slash podcasts for more. That is spotify.com slash podcasts. And now, as promised, a little Game of Thrones talk. 
All right, I am here with the hardest working woman in show business, Mallory. Oh my god. Co-host of Talk the Thrones, co-host of Binge Mode Game of Thrones, the mother of all dragons. Um, and in her spare time, um, one of our most valuable ringer inner circle people and an OG from way back in the Grantland days. It's great to be here with my liege lord, Bill Simmons, I, I protector you, of our realm. <laughs> I didn't even tell you we were doing this. No. I just called you in my office, turned the mic on. Goodness. Thrones. Yes. Love Episode Game of Thrones. One. Yep. Dragonstone. You didn't cry. I did. I got a little emotional. Which part? The end of the cold open. With Arya, it just was like, oh shit, we're back. This is happening. We're just here again. Happiness. It was, just like, it was the, a happy cry. It was a, a, a confusing mix of emotions because I don't actually like what she is doing as a character. I'm very concerned about her moral integrity and like, it, is there a path to a redemption for her? Does it matter? So that was concerning, but also it's like, oh shit, she just took out all the phrase. We hate them. They're gone now. That's right. awesome. And then also cold opens on the show are so exceedingly rare. It was just such a thrilling way to dive right back in. It was just overwhelming. And then I got a little emotional. And then at the end, you know, Jorah, I love Jorah. And then in the scenes, the this like tiny 20 second preview for next week, that's my girl, Nymeria, Arya's wolf, coming back. That's like in the top three things I need to have happen in this show the rest of the way. That that specific wolf coming back or? Bill, you know I love an animal. I know. I love an animal. And uh, Arya had to say goodbye to Nymeria so early on in the story. And as the dire wolves, who I, I, I love the dire wolves, I can't stand when people are like, they're just, they're just sidekicks. They're just distractions. It's like, No. The love of a good animal yeah. is an important part of a person's life. And also in fantasy literature, they're protectors. They're not just companions. When Bran lost Summer, everyone talks about the door and they talk about Hodor. And I'm like, that's the Summer episode, motherfucker. Yeah. That was a big deal to me. And so Ghost remains. And I just hope that Ghost is going to be okay and that John will have Ghost in his life as he ranges north and takes on the Night King. And I worry... I worry a lot. And so the idea of Nymeria being back in Arya's life, and one of the things you have to understand is in the books, whispers, rumors of a she-wolf roaming in the Riverlands, and they still sort of share this mental connection, this the, the Stark children, warging ability, skin changing, green seeing, it's there for Arya. We haven't really gotten that in the show, and I'm very excited to go there as she just sort of devolves deeper into the darkness. This, the presence, the love of a good animal, Bringing her back to her roots, mm. to her family. As it so often happens with humans. Exactly. Did I ever tell you I dated a shapeshifter in college? No. I, no. No, I actually <laughs> I'm gonna need didn't. a lot I more information. I'm going to need that. a lot more information. Is this yeah. like Tormund saying he fucked a bear? <laughs> no, no. Like, no. just like a really hairy woman with long nails? Or what are Arya we talking about? Arya is my favorite uh, Game of Thrones character. Why? Because I feel like uh, it's like when, how LeBron came into the NBA in 2003 and then added stuff to his game and we watched the maturation of this young pup yeah. becoming a superstar. I feel like I was there for her the entire time. So you're not, you don't think that she's gone too far, that she is just now at the point where once you sort of fully understood I'm the half intention. Italian. I'm okay, half Italian. There was, that was revenge. I'm, I fully support it. When you're seeking vengeance yeah. because you want to avenge something you lost, a loved one, yeah. crimes against your family, that motivation is pretty pure and pretty unimpeachable. But when you are just flat out murdering a room full of people, 
and you seem to take basically pleasure from nothing else in life. I guess she smiled when she sat down next to Ed and had a bite of the rabbit humanizing moment. But it just feels to me like she's going a little Ed. too far down the path beyond redemption. I worry. I love Arya. Arya's one of my like three or four favorite characters. So I don't want that. I think that's what I'm responding to is that the fear that maybe they're taking her a little too far in, in that direction. I wanted to have you on because, um, as you know, I am a, an idiot Game of Thrones fan. Yes. I've seen every episode, but don't understand half of what's going on and spend most of the time going, hey, that guy. Well, you did once. Oh, that guy. You did once ask what year Game of Thrones takes place in. I did. That wasn't a great start. Was that, was there an answer? <laughs> <laughs> if you had to guess, what year is it? You think it's uh, it's in the future, maybe? No, it's Bill. It's not our world. I got bad news. It's a different it's universe. It's not our world. Yeah. Is, Sorry is it, to say. Is it past or future? <laughs> I just see things compared to my own world. I respect it. We so, all need to contextualize in some way. So here are my here are my takeaways just from somebody who who um, takeaways from the premiere. Yeah, okay. I, I think there's two type there's three types of people. You and and Jason, co-host of Binge Mode, are the highest possible level. Like you're every single thing that happens, you can put it into some sort of you know centuries long context. Right. Kind of how when if something happens in the NBA, I'd be like, oh, that reminds me of the time in 1982 and blank, blank, blank. Then there's like the Chris and Andy level, super versed, totally into it, but not like comparing it to the books and all this stuff. And then there's people like, actually, there's probably two more levels because I feel like my wife's a level higher than me, too. And then there's me at the bottom. It's a spectrum. I love the show. I'm always, I, I don't think about it until it comes back. Oh, my God. I had to watch the last episode to remember half of the things that happened. That's a great episode, though. It's a great. It was your number one Winds when you ranked the incredible. Game of Thrones. Yeah. I think that's... It's not only the best episode of Game of Thrones. I think it's one of the best episodes of television, period. It's incredible. It's almost flawless. There's no waste of time in that episode. It's perfect. And they even changed the... There's a little different music in it, too, right? Oh, uh, yeah. The Light of the Seven. Yeah beautiful score the way it's edited the sound the direction it's it's incredible so it really is. is there room in this whole game of thrones world for people like me because when the, when this happens like i think baseball has been guilty of this to some degree you're either all in or we don't want you you're a loser right hockey is probably the worst of all the sports i think soccer is really bad um the 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 cult of the status quo i like to call it right it's like we're at this level Unless you're coming here, don't don't bring your little juvenile like I, right. IQ for this thing that I care about. Um, just leave this to us. Stay away. It's a good question. I would argue that it's one of the things that makes the show and the story and the shared fan experience so special. And it's the reason, like as Allison Herman wrote on The Ringer last week, that it it's the last piece of monoculture, right? It's the one thing that everybody can kind of agree on is because you actually just can choose to consume it the way that you want to consume it and to engage to the extent that you want to engage with. If you want to theorize and you want to take screenshots of the book that Sam was looking at at the Citadel last night and try to read every word and figure out what it means for what Danny might find on Dragonstone and how Sam or somebody might cure Jorah's grayscale. You can do that. That's there for you. Sam's and there are the people. Sam's the guy. That's that's unkind but accurate. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I just want, I just want, I want to know. But you can also do that, right? You can also just identify characters in the way that you just did. And there are plenty of people out there who are consuming the show in that same fashion and will engage on that level with you and everything in between is valid like I don't 
think that it should be like a case system of fandom it's like if you choose to only interact with the people who are consuming it the same way as you that's fine but part of what makes it cool is that you can basically throw anything out into the world and there's like someone there to receive it like however specific or general it is that so many people care about the story in some way or to some degree and that's like very special and rare but aria last night yeah she killed that guy or she pretended to be that guy. Yeah. Well, she killed him in the finale. She killed no, him in Winston. She killed the guy in the finale, but then pretended to be him yeah, to kill everybody face, else. Faceless man. I mean, in fairness to her, the guy did did um, did orchestrate the red wedding. Am I correct? Well, he executed it. Executed the Thailand red wedding. Thailand orchestrated it. Well, Thailand was really it. yeah the, he the was mastermind. There, he enjoyed it. Yeah. He took, Bruce Bolton, Walter he took Frey. in it. Absolutely. He ultimately issued guest rights. The wedding was at the twins at his place. He issued guest rights, gave the salt and the bread to Kat and to Rob, and then allowed them to be murdered in his home. Not great. Not, Not great. great. He deserved what he got. No doubt about that. Arya fed him his sons in a pie, though, I before killing that. him. Tough. The human son pie. I don't a know throwback. if that had been done on HBO yet. A throwback to the rat cook story that Bran tells seasons prior. Yeah. I love the way the show does that. They're planting these seeds for you constantly. Very rare that something is just like invented. Very few like Deus Ex Machina's. You're not suddenly getting the solution to the problem. It's there. It's been there for seasons, just waiting to be called into action. It's great. Cersei, Jamie kind of looks at Cersei at the end of Oh yeah. Winds of Winter. Tough moment. It's one of those looks like Wow, you've become a monster, which is, you know, kind of like uh, glass houses because he's also a monster and they had incest babies and all that stuff. I mean, really, he's not he's not out there doing the NBA cares program. But here's the thing about that. Why is Jamie called the Kingslayer? Because he stabbed the Mad King in the back to prevent the Mad King, who was sitting there shouting, burn them all, burn them all, from using his wildfire stores to burn down the city. Jamie sacrificed his reputation and basically, by extension, his life, because once you're known throughout the realm, you as a member of the King's Guard, a knight, someone who's bound in theory by your oath and your word and honor, once you've sullied that yeah. by killing the king that you were sworn to protect... That's kind of it for you, right? And we see how people perceive him. That's why the moment in season three in the bathtub between Jamie and Brienne is so powerful and special. It's kind of the first time that someone has allowed him to say, this is why I did this. I was saving everyone. And so he rides up and sees the thing that he sacrificed his reputation to prevent has occurred while he was away. And not only has it occurred, it's the one person he loves in the world who chose to do that. What a devastating feeling. Mm. And of course, his is son jumped out of a window. Equivalent? Oh, my God. That's a tough one. Yeah, it's a tough one. That's really tough. It's probably what's, defamatory in some way. <laughs> yeah, what's, this, what's the sports equivalent of planting, finding out that there's a wildfire cache beneath a sept and blowing everybody up? That's tough. That was pretty ingenious for, what are we, this is set in the 1300s, right? <laughs> I mean, for them to think about that way chemically, 1400s? Just gonna let was, you put the the date on it. That it was makes, after, makes after you feel Rome. comfortable. Wait, wait. <laughs> in the in the in the timeline of HBO programming, before or after Rome, before or after Westworld. These are these are the questions. Who am I rooting for in this though? Who are the good guys? Who are the bad guys? Or is that the whole point of the show? Because I'll tell you who I'm rooting for, but they might not be the right people. You're rooting for Danny. Well, obviously, you've always rooted for been Danny. Rooting for, from, I've been riding with Team Danny from you, day one. You, like Ian McShane, think the show is just tits and dragons? No, that's not so. true. That's not true. There's plenty of places on cable to get nudity. I don't need it from Game of Thrones. But it's the end. It's the end. Dragons part that really makes it all work. I'm rooting for John. I think 
most people at this point are probably either rooting for John or Danny or a union between the two. And that's the question. What is A Song of Ice and Fire? That's the name of the book series. Is John Ice and is Danny Fire? Or is John, if he's a Stark and a Targaryen, Lyanna and Rhaegar's son, is he himself Ice and Fire? Is he the chosen one? We're or past the both? books, right? And I mean, there's some stuff from the books that they have not done on the show and could, in theory, still do. But in, a, in a, almost every plot line, we're yeah, beyond the books. So is even George Martin is watching this, not knowing what's going to happen. Well, I think our what under- if George Martin ran and read another book. Well, I mean, imagine he saw being he, he him. basically. It's, yeah, he, it's this is better. Well, no, I don't think it's better. I think it's probably devastating. Like, I think there's a reason we haven't gotten the sixth book yet. And I think it's because it's it's probably crippling to see something a Game of Thrones came out in 1996, 21 years ago. and You talked about this on Binge Mode. Yeah, I mean, he's like, it's because it's upsetting to me. It's like, yeah. I love Game of Thrones, a television show. I'm so glad that it's in our lives and that we're here consuming it and experiencing it in the moment. And I am thrilled that somebody it's is going you into to the finish Ryan Seacrest of the digital. story. Yeah. Exactly. But poor George, like, how can he bring himself to finish this book when somebody else is getting the chance? To finish his story on their terms That just must be debilitating didn't, and devastating But didn't he sign off on that when he sure. sold the TV rights? Yeah, I'm not saying it's not a It's a mystery how it happened It just must be crippling I don't know how you sit down and you write the rest of that story after that Now, maybe he chooses to do to end it in a different way I would not yeah. be surprised by that There are certainly so many more characters and plot lines And even in the, in the same plot lines Like just different intricacies and, and levels of specificity In the book That it will be like a different enough experience Regardless Like even if the end game is You know, John and Danny get married And sit on the throne together That's not going to happen I don't know He can't get an erection anymore He's fine. No, he because he died and came back. But the one thing that they haven't covered that's in episode five. <laughs> I think he's he fine. can't he can't please I people think the, sexually anymore. The blood pumps where it needs to pump. Also, never I for, don't know. He never looks forget pale. that he he pleased Egret with his mouth, not with his tiny pecker. What as what? Tormund calls it, the Lord's kiss in the cave. Oh, that's right. Come on, that's <laughs> oh, come on. That's a great wow. episode of television. I didn't realize you worked this blue. I don't know what's happening here. <laughs> So Jon Snow is the odds-on favorite to be the champ at the end of this? Um, I think Danny probably technically is. I mean, I think it, it seems to be like Vegas odds favor Cersei this season and maybe oh, Danny, no way. Danny for the whole story. I don't think Cersei makes it more than like three or four episodes this year. I think she's a goner for sure. I don't think Jamie's going to make it long either, but I think Cersei's out very quickly. Very quickly. You, who do you think goes first? I, I've this is pure speculation. I do not know this, but I think Jamie will kill Cersei. Wow, really? Yeah. yeah. There's a prophecy. Well, you know the, her prophecy from the show. Yeah. Beginning of season I five. Don't. You act like I remember anything. Cold open, beginning of season five opens with a flashback. Sure. Young Cersei in the woods visits Maggie, the frog, Woods mm-hmm. Witch, gets her prophecy about will she will I marry the king? Will I marry the prince? No, you marry the king. How many children will we have? And that's where she hears the gold will be their crowns, gold will be their shrouds. This is what basically informs every decision she makes in life. This this fear that her children will die and the delicious irony of her characters that every decision she makes is aimed at preventing that and in attempting to you know subvert and avoid her fate she fulfills the prophecy every step of the way the part of the prophecy 
that's in the books that they cut out of the show is about her death at the hands of the Valencar. Valencar translates in Valerian to little brother. Mm. Cersei in the books thinks this refers to Tyrion. But this would be, this is a classic George R.R. Oh. Martin twist, the idea of misinterpretation. Jamie technically is Cersei's little brother. He was born after her, came out holding her foot. This is canon. It's established that that's the order of their birth. Also, it says that his hands will choke the life out of her. What's the one physical trait of Jamie that we now associate with him more than anything else? The hand. Of course, Tyrion was handed the king, so that fits him too. A lot of possibilities. Popular rising theory on the internet is that now Arya will maybe take Jamie's face and kill Cersei, thus technically fulfilling the terms of the prophecy. I don't know. Just a theory. But I can see Jamie killing Cersei, and then we've seen shots in the trailer, the season seven trailers, of Jamie riding um, a horse in like a flaming field there's a legendary battle in the books the field of fire the battle when Aegon the Conqueror Danny's ancestors came and conquered Westeros in the first place that was the battle the field of fire where he brought House Lannister to heal a famous bit of Thrones lore and for Jamie to go down and basically like the bookend version of the battle that kind of humbled his family in the first place would I think be very fitting so translating that to the level one fans <laughs> The, the brother and sister who are having sex with each other and the guy lost his hand and the girl who walked the walk of shame, she yeah. was naked, but yeah. then she blew everyone up. Yeah, that's right. Then they also, the little guy is their brother. Yeah. And Tyrion. people seem to think the little guy was the one that's going to kill her. She certainly thinks so. When in fact, you think it could be one-handed Jamie Lannister. I do. One of the other parts of the prophecy is about another queen, you know, coming in and kind of knocking her out. And she has always, that's why she hated Marjorie so much. She, like, mistakenly thought that referred to Marjorie, but clearly it refers to Danny. Marjorie, tough loss. Good character. Yeah, I think I just for, enjoyed the character. She was great. For, like, five seasons, it seemed like she was maybe actually low-key one of the best players of the Game of Thrones. Yeah. Really understood what was happening. Even knew at the how. end, when she knew everything was going to... She knew something she was did, rotten at the like end. She did, but I feel like she blew it. Like some, I think the question is, was that just... Was no one going to be able to escape Cersei's wrath at that point? Or did Marjorie blow it? And I think Marjorie blew it because she got too cute and tried to play the High Sparrow, but that's how they all got into that situation in the first place, was Cersei trying to right. basically use oh, the High Sparrow. you leading up to the moment. Yeah, yeah as yeah. a pawn, and once you see how that has failed, to basically opt into the same mistake is unforgivable. What football coach would you compare it to? Marjorie? Yeah. <sighs> well, who's, the, who's the Andy Reid of Game of Thrones? Doesn't know how to use a timeout at the end. Yeah, just can't use their time properly. And it might be Marjorie. She really miscalculated yeah, she where did, the play right? clock was. That there. feels like a little Andy <laughs> Reedish. I think you're right. That's who's, a good one. Who's Belichick? Well, I mean, that's kind of who do you think is standing at the end, right? It might be Danny. I think Danny is not what we would call a hero because there's some real She's mad a hero queen. In my house. I don't know because of the tits and the dragons. Oh, the dragons. <laughs> I told you, I can, I can get nudity on any cable channel. The it's dragons, true. though, I can't get dragons anywhere else. It's true. She just keeps burning people, though, you know? Yeah, like, that's a problem. When Barristan Selmy was alive and with her, he literally just, like, basically said one thing to her over and over again, and it was like, your dad wanted to burn people a lot, and it was bad, don't do that. And then, and then she just keeps doing that it's her thing which is concerning to me a lot what of mad your, queen stuff what stood out for you when you watch 60 
Game of Thrones episodes in six weeks and took 13 pages of notes for each episode and <laughs> almost had a nervous breakdown during the Binge World podcast. Great question. Um, I think Jason and I actually had the same takeaway. It was really fascinating watching it. I rewatched the whole show every year before the new season, but I never had done it in this like concentrated of a time span. So every every time this oh, happens, yeah, yeah, yeah. But oh, wow. not. I mean, I've never done the podcast. So this yeah. was this was you know not just like kind of like relaxing pleasure, but watching all sixty in concentrated time span like that. Two things stood out. One, Danny. Not impressive. Not an impressive arc at all. Actually, just like a lot of real red flags oh, and character concerns. And conversely, Sansa was like the biggest riser for for me and Jason. We were just like, wow, she as a character actually or an actress saved, or both? As a character, I think okay. she gets a really, really bad rap from people. From who? Just because uh, of that one episode? No, no, no. I think for years, she was just like, really early on in the show's run, people were just like, so critical of the choices that her character was making sometimes fairly uh, sometimes unfairly but i think in se- her rise in season six is like pretty incredible i mean she really se- season six is perceived as a john season obviously because of the rebirth and the battle of the bastards and certainly finding out about his his parentage at the end of the the season and him being you know raised to king of the north but sansa really is the one who saves the north john was like perfectly content to never head back to winterfell and she was the one who said like i want to do this with you but i'll do it myself if i have to and with the knights of the veil and Littlefinger, and basically a lot of the things that are people raise as critical points why didn't she mention the knights of the veil and the battle of the bastards why is she even allowing Littlefinger to hang around after he sold her to the boltons like I actually would make the argument that why didn't she tell John certain key pieces of information? She has been through more than maybe any other character on the show. And she is at a point where she realizes there's only one person she can trust and it's herself. And assuming agency, realizing that you are in control and that the only thing you can control in life is the choice you make in a given moment is kind of the point of the story. And she's one of the only characters who's gotten to that point. And so I, I respect it and admire it. I would argue Theon went through more. <laughs> I mean. No one went through more than Sansa. Theon had a really tough go of it. Really tough go. I love the part. Losing his dick is a tough one. I love Did the part. Did he lose his balls too? I think. I think Was it a whole, think the whole root Franks and, and the beans? I think all of it. Yeah, I think all of it. When That's a rough one. When he's back with his sister, Yara, and they're, oh, they've sailed across the narrow sea and they're in, they're in the brothel in Volantis and yeah. she's like trying to like get him to snap the, to. Yeah. And she says, I know you've had a, rough couple of years and he's yeah. like a rough couple yeah. of years it was more than rough yeah tough i don't think theon's gonna be around for long either is one of your top 10 questions will never get answered how does theon go to the bathroom well there are a lot of eunuchs on the show you know varus is a eunuch all of the unsullied are eunuchs off too well yeah but that's like numerous new true for numerous is that what characters happens with the, the eunuchs you lose everything yeah yeah is this Game of Thrones world or just general eunuch well, knowledge? It's, it's a discussion point on the show. You know, Danny and I think it's I think it's is it Danny and Masandi are talking well, about Grey like Worm. That one guy, yeah. yeah, and they're wondering like, yeah. is it the pillar and the stones? Mm. So I don't know, but try not to think about it too much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what was the so you do this binge mode? We drop it. Yep. We drop sixty episodes yeah. in like five weeks and. We don't know what's going to happen, but we figure it's going to be a little cult thing, but not that not that big. And I'm not saying it was gigantic, but we were stunned by how many people listened to all 60 in like five weeks. Yeah, people like Game of Thrones. 
that's, that, that was that's our, what you asked what my takeaway, takeaway was my yeah. takeaway is that people like game of thrones we knew that we doubled down <laughs> on it but it was like we, i don't think we any of us had any real idea yeah i think one of the things we weren't sure about heading into it was like kind of what you said earlier about like the di- different degrees of fandom is what do people want out of something like this? Do they want you to totally live in the moment of the episode? Do they want you to always take in the full context? Remember, we of didn't where know we should we spoil anything? Should yeah, we just like, treat it like we don't know we, what's like, going to happen? Should we like be doing like eight and a half episodes of season one, being like, I'm really I'm rooting for Ned here. Yeah, hope Ned's okay. You know, I hope like Ned's okay. How do you talk about the story? And I think one of the things that was cool about it is again like. You kind of talk about it the way that you think makes sense and like there's an audience for that. Yeah. And I think that people really want to understand the world better because the depth of the world that George has built is so vast and so sprawling that even if you just study this stuff full time and it's all you think about, you can like never hold on to all of it in your head. There's just too much. And the idea of just being able to like go a little deeper on the things that we actually all can agree like matter the most and that we care about the most is cool and fun and i think like it's also the kind of thing where you can just still even if you're listening to something like that say i don't actually like care about all that detail but like it's fun to like remember like the dick jokes that's valid too or in some cases people don't know who half the names you're talking about right like your dad my dad loved binge mode (laughs) and uh and loved game of thrones game of thrones is great and watch 60 episodes in two weeks on his iPad. It's it while is caring for a young puppy. His aww. own his own version of his the his own wolf. nightmare. Yeah. Binge binging Game of Thrones is like a true thrill. It really is fun. I was actually jealous of him. I because I remember I was lucky enough to binge Breaking Bad. Mm, yeah. Like three seasons after everyone else had started, it was like I remember being at the NBA Finals in thirteen just in my hotel room like having to be on tv the next day up until four in the morning watching freaking breaking bad on my ipad falling asleep to it having like really weird crystal meth dreams yeah Yeah. not great the worst part about binging a weird show like game of thrones or breaking bad is if you fall asleep as you're binging because then it enters your oh it penetrates it enters your deep sleep for sure i have game of thrones dreams constantly constantly i woke up on sunday morning before talk to thrones and i was just i was having like a lucid dream where i was like trying to figure out every time Danny had like mentioned burning people but I was mm. definitely still asleep but it was, I was also clearly preoccupied by making sure I could recall that information if it came up because I knew the episode name was Dragonstone and that it was going to be about her yeah really gets in there when is when is going to be the oh wow episode what's your prediction we only have well, seven yeah it so won't be the seventh we only have six left and that's not a lot I mean a couple of them are longer yeah. So I, I basically think it's safe to say any episode that's longer is going to have something like spectacular in it. But I think we maybe have like one max two what's quiet the, episodes left. What's the saddest death left? Non-animal. I was going to say ghost. Yeah, that'll kill me. I think we lo- we really might lose ghost this season, which will kill me. And I think we lose a dragon for sure, which is going to be tough for people. Danny oh, can't have no. three dragons. It's just not a there's no fight then. Maybe Ben Liberg be... wrote a piece about this. It's just if she has three dragons and nobody else knows what the fuck they're doing. Like, yeah. how is that a fight? But saddest death. I think I think that Tyrion is the one that people would be most like torn up about. I agree with you. I don't think people will be sad if Peter Cersei Dinklage dies. Peter Dinklage would be the most torn up, that would I be, think. Yeah, that would be really tough. He's I think, looking at like Adam Sandler movies at that point. <laughs> and 
Any Stark. I mean, any Stark death, I think, just crushes people. People would be really devastated about Arya. But I would rank it Sansa. No, no. Arya, Sansa, Tyrion. Yeah. And I think there's going to be, granted, he's a terrible guy and an incest guy. And he has some faults. Oh, but pe- I think people, people would be bummed to lose Jamie. People love Jamie. Yeah. I mean, Jamie is one of the best characters in the story. Like, it's. Brienne would be a tough one, too. Brienne, I, people, people would like be devastated. Her. Yeah, people like her. Devastated. Tormund, Brienne. I've seen her in a cocktail dress. She's beautiful. She was at an Emmy's party. She's, she's like 6'3". She's a beautiful woman. She looks great. Giant. Yeah. She's tall. I, I mean, there aren't too many like pure, pure, pure villains left. You know, people like Littlefinger, Cersei. It's it's actually, there. you know, the Night King, sure. There aren't too many just like straight bad guys left. I think if something happened to Bran, people would be extremely upset about that. Cersei, um, I don't think anybody's going to miss her. No, it's time Especially for her now with this new haircut. The the only humanizing quality that she had left was that she loved her children. Yeah. And to hear her in the premiere say about Tommen when Jamie tried to engage in a discussion about him and broach she, his suicide, well he he betrayed us. It's like, "Well, you're done." That was yeah. it. That was like the last shred of decency inside of you was that your decisions were indefensible, but at least we understood your motivation, and that was to try to help your children. Right. And once you lose that, what is there that's worth rooting for? You've got to love your nothing. incest babies. You just have to. You've got to protect love them. those no incest babies. Will. No one else will. So we got Talk the Thrones on Twitter right after Game of Thrones yes. ends. I think we could even make it tighter with like, should it come on? I guess it should come on after the scenes for next week, right? Yes. Then boom, we're on. Did you guys get to see the scenes from? Sort of. We were walking out from our little our yeah. little viewing room to the to the set. Um, so it goes on. It's pinned at the top of the Game of Thrones hashtag. You can also do uh, Talk to Thrones. Send them questions. Send them questions during the show. Yes. Send them questions as they're doing their show. They love questions. Love we questions. got a lot of good questions we even did. this week. You asked us a question. I asked you a question <laughs> about <laughs> how Cersei has Garth from Wayne World's hair. It's great stuff. I actually thought that was insulting to Garth. I thought her hair looked good. No, it didn't. No? It didn't. They've managed to uh, unsexify her. And oh, I think she looks good. A lot of people noticing that Sansa was rocking Cersei's old hairdo last night. Ooh. Yeah. Not an accident. When the show does stuff like that, it's extremely deliberate. The yeah. Ed Sharon thing did not go over great, right? Uh, I'd say I, that's accurate. Did not go over well. I loved it. I think every episode should have one weird celebrity. Well, we're getting two in. more at least, right? We're getting Conor McGregor and Noah Syndergaard this season. They both Conor McGregor. I I think so. Oh no. Yeah, I think so. I have to assume he'll be a wildling, right? And you ha- yeah. and Syndergaard will be a Targaryen. Yeah. Because the hair, maybe a Lannister. I don't know. Maybe Donald, Trump, of Jun- Donald Rock? Trump Jr. Oh my God. Be an Can't unbelievable wait. cameo. Can't wait. He's negotiating <laughs> with one side or the other. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I missed having the show around, even though I don't understand half of what's going on, but I love I love the spectacle of it. That's and great. Once this is gone, I don't know what happens to communal television. This might be the last one. Something will something will come in and fill the fill the void. It always does. Do you think it has a chance to be Stranger Things or no? I think that people will love and obsess over Stranger Things for like three seasons and then maybe that's it. 
but I don't know. It's not going to be the same. The thing about the thing that allowed Game of Thrones and like, uh, you know, you make fun of me, but like Harry Potter before that, it's like you have to have a story that is that deep where the mythology is that substantial that there's always something new to talk about. Like if the world is too narrow, there's just a cap on what the conversation can be. And that's why... You know, people are like, oh, geeks, nerds. It's like, well, that's why stories like this work and, and like inspire this kind of obsession and joy. It's because there's always something to talk about. 20 always. seconds on the A-list. The Orioles are an abomination. Yeah. No one should have been worried about the Cubs because you just should have looked at the schedule and seen that they were opening the second half with the Orioles and known that everything was going to be fine. Like the, the starting pitching is... I can't even like form a coherent sentence about it. It's so disappointing. And I'm just living in fear that they're going to trade Manny. It's, when is, he, uh, when is Manny a free agent? That's after next season. He's been terrible for him. He has not, though. He's That's hitting 230. But, but really, really bad. If you look at the numbers and you take... like he could, he could put up like an MVP caliber second half pretty easily without making too Why many adjustments. Why don't you trade him to my League of Dorks team? Make us a fair offer and we will. We made will. a monster trade today. I know, I saw. I'm not going to let you bully me into a bad trade. It wasn't a bad trade. We gave up one of the best keepers in the league next year, Correa. Now we're talking fan. Nobody cares about fan. They care about Game of Thrones fantasy. That's true. I don't think you'll ever make a trade in this league. I don't like making trades. You won't trades. make a trade unless you get 130 cents in the dollar. Your fans would be, if, if this was a real sports franchise, your fans would be like, what are we doing? We're not rebuilding. We're Are not you saying going for I'm like, title. am I the Celtics? Just no, you're, you're like the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, good luck on Talk to Thrones on Sunday Thanks. night. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks for boss. Thanks again to Stamps.com. Buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter, any package, any class of mail. Using your own computer and printer, they will send you a digital scale that automatically calculates exact postage. You'll never have to go to the post office again. Sign up for Stamps.com. Use promo code BS. For a four-week trial plus postage, plus a digital scale with no long-term commitments, click on the microphone at the top of the stamps.com homepage and type in BS for that special deal. Thank you to Mallory Rubin. Thanks so much to Jimmy Butler. And thanks to Spotify. Thanks to everyone at Talk the Thrones. We could not have been happier how the first show went. Spread the word. Watch Game of Thrones this Sunday night and then go right on Twitter for Talk the Thrones. I will be back this week with two more podcasts. Oh, yeah. Doing three this week. I don't know what the hell we're going to talk about, but we're doing three podcasts. Anyway, back on the BS Podcast later in the week. Thanks for listening. <laughs>